Morgan. And I'm Daniel. And, and we, we used to date. date. Hi. Hi, everyone. Welcome I'm... back to... Oh. We used to date. Should we do that again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, okay. Three, two, one. Action. Hey, everyone. Hi, everyone. I'm Morgan. And I'm Daniel. Thanks for joining us again. It's been a while. It's been a bit. Uh, you want to tell them where you've been and why it's been a little bit? Yeah, sorry about that. I've uh, I've been in uh, Ecuador. I've been in South America. Just yeah. uh, exploring my little heart out. And it's we been... were going to record earlier, but he looked like he was having so much fun. I didn't really want to like bother him. Seriously, it's been one adventure after another, and it's been a great time. I'm absolutely loving this place. Man, yeah, it's I didn't so want to push it. Morgan, yeah. I had last night, I had a steak, an Argentinian steak. My dad had like a steak and like a bunch of meats. My stepmom had like a pork tenderloin. I had two, I had two glasses of wine and they both had drinks. Guess how much it was? $10. <sighs> Why do you got to undercut me? Come on. It's either it's $10 or $1,000. <laughs> it, it was 1000 huh? Okay. <laughs> between well now that's anticlimactic but it was fifty dollars which is still pretty good that's amazing amazing, it was like the best steak i've ever had it was so good Mm. i'm jealous that's gonna be like what at least three hundred dollars here so um so yeah i'm i'm out gallivanting in other countries and um and you got a new job I did. Um, so I'm not a worthless sack of potatoes anymore. Uh, I, I got glad. a job, and it's thanks for not like the most ideal job, but it's a job that will definitely, you know, like I'm actually enjoying it, and it's really close to my house, and it's definitely good for now. Okay. Well, at least you're contributing to society. Mm-hmm. And honestly, and I really like everyone I work with, so that's great too. That's because important. I feel like I'm, I could make friends. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You were really concerned about that. Yeah, so like I'm really start, excited. Starting to get to you. Mm-hmm. So it, it's good. It's kind of. I feel like it's kind of helping with my mental health to get me up and out and doing stuff and being on my feet and I'm exhausted. I don't know if anyone knows, but I'm a baker. So my job is in a, she's bakery, an amazing so. baker. <laughs> she is an amazing baker. Trust me. But yeah, she so, is. um, I am just tired all the time now, but it's good. It's, I also got money in my pocket. So. <laughs> Well, can I, can I, I must say, I, even just now, I see a change in your affect. Like, you just seem, like, more, I don't want to say put together, but you seem just more, like, bright. Calm and, like, (laughs) not so worried. (laughs) Well, yeah, more calm and you're, and you just seem like, you know, you're a little more carefree. Yeah, I also, I just got off, like, not even an hour ago, I rushed home to set up to record and. Oh, it was a long day, but um, yeah, I'm happy to record. Yeah, me too. I just got done with this incredible uh, tour of this cloud rainforest. Yeah, and right before um, we started, uh, Daniel headed off to the bathroom, and I was looking through Instagram, and I pull up on his Instagram, and it's just pictures of him falling off of a bridge. Just like bungee jumping, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> yep, <laughs> it was yep. so intense, and it was so beautiful. Like your bed, the background was so cool. I'm so jealous. Um, you're having looks like you're having the best adventure. I really am. It's been it's been much more than I expected. Much better than I expected. And then, was, how I much expecting. longer are you? Sorry. I leave on Sunday. And then, when did you? How so? How long was it? Two weeks. There? It was a little, little over two weeks, yeah. Yeah, a little over two Dang. weeks. That's amazing. Yeah. And so the so, mountains have been amazing, but the beach was amazing, and the sunsets here are unparalleled. You'll um, have to set up a slideshow, because <clears throat> I'm coming to California. 
Yeah. In like two weeks. Yeah, that's going to be super awesome. Um, so you'll have a version of us that can actually see each other in person. Just like when we used to date. Yeah, except um, we won't be dating. <laughs> we won't be dating. No, you are already. You will be dating, but uh, but I uh, will not be. What's on the agenda for today, Daniel? Well, finally we're not talking about ourselves. I'm so happy that that that's fucking over. (laughs) You don't want to go on for like ten more episodes going over every detail of our lives to people that don't know us? Mm, No. No. I really don't. I don't want to I don't want to spend ten minutes going over any details of my life with anyone. We just did. <sighs> Morgan, here you go, undermining me again. Is it undermining it if I'm stating a fact? Yes. You could just let me have that. And then cut it out. <laughs> You're in charge of the editing. It doesn't have to no. exist. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm putting it in so people know what an underminer this is why we you broke are. Up. What a minor you are. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, so anyways, what are we doing today? Today, today, yeah. Sorry, let's get back on track. Today, we were talking about the history of dating. There's a lot of really cool, there's a lot of really cool history behind dating and what dating used to mean and how it's evolved and how uh, love and relationships and how and what that means to people have have evolved over the years and uh, and so we're going to start back in like the 12th century you know and we're going to go there's not a lot of developments for a while and then and then in the 18th century and then the 19th century you got you start getting <clears throat> some some changing views and we'll get into that sound good yeah and uh so for this episode uh a lot of it will be will be daniel and i'll just be kind of chiming in and He's, he was he was so excited about this, and he has all these notes, and I'm just going to let him take it away. He seems very passionate about going I, over this. And I'm really excited about the next episode, so I'll yeah. take over oh. that one. Yeah, yeah. So Morgan's going to be the peanut gallery for this one. Woo! I'll just be cheering you on in my attempt at banter. You're, you're so nice. Yep. Thanks for cheering me on. Go ahead, Well, so... For for most of history, relationships were not like, oh, I fell in love with you and we're going to get married and, you know, and have this fairy tale life, you know. It wasn't for an most episode of, his- of Bridgerton? It was not an episode of Bridgerton. <clears throat> or, yeah, it was not like that at all. Um, relationships were seen as a transaction, which, you know, I'm sure a lot of people know that, you know, you... A lot of the lords of the land would marry the ladies of the land to form alliances and and um, to form alliances and partnerships and maintain, you know, build their build their kingdoms or whatever. Um, so love was considered irresponsible, really. You know, it's like if you marry for love, like you're there's a there's a lot more there's a lot more obligations you have to fulfill than than just getting married for love. It's a very it was a very selfish thing. So, right. okay. yeah, just think of like Game of Thrones, you know, it's pretty much, mm-hmm. it's very Game of Thronesy. Yeah. Okay. Um, Going back to the trauma I went through watching that for the first time. So you were traumatic, you were traumatized by Game of Thrones. Yeah. I mean, I, anyone who's seen it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so good. No, it was amazing. I watched all of it with my old roommate, um, who is an angel, and she would tell me, she wouldn't tell me what was happening, but she kind of, like, warned me if something really gruesome was about to happen, because certain things Mm -hmm. I am very sensitive to, and she'd be like, you might want to just peek away for just, like, a second on this one. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, it's not for the faint of heart, I guess. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, I thought it was great. So, yeah. Game of Thrones, the transactions. Game of Thrones transactional, and so in the twelfth in the twelfth century, that's like the eleven hundreds. Um, I mean, I think up to the twelfth century, you could you could. Um, Love was seen as more of an infatuation with someone, but you were never really expected to actually do life with that person. So, yeah, it, it would be like if I, you know, met someone in Ecuador who was also here on vacation and we had this magical time together. But, you know, that's not going to be... Obviously, that's not realistic because there's no... Like, we can't, you know, can't have arguments and you talk about bank accounts and everything and... This isn't all just a rom-com? Yeah, I know. But it is more fun. I mean, that is the... When you think about, like, the Disney version of love, like, that's kind of what it is, you know? But people didn't live happily ever after. Well, people people don't know. Not even in real life. (laughs) Like, nowadays. Shut up. up. Okay. I refuse to believe that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny... And what's funny, too, is that he didn't even include, like, sex. Like, it wasn't even, like, a sexual thing. It was more of just, like, uh, you know, singing, singing to, the, to the last, uh, singing to the lady from, you know, on the balcony from below with your, with your harp and your, yeah, harp and your lyre, <clears throat> you know, and you sing her these love songs and, and um, you take walks in the garden and everything. But there's not even just, there's no, there's no element of, like, physical sex or anything. Dang. But obviously, people can't last that long. People can't last long that way, right? So you know. If, Wait, if, sorry. In the way of just love. Well, yeah. I mean, sex is a is a need, right? Sex is a human need, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So for for a lot, yeah. Right. So when you marry someone you don't love, like sometimes you want to get it on with someone else. So mm-hmm. in the 18th century, it was common for married lords to have mistresses and not only mistresses but like official like like mm-hmm. official mistresses like this is the mistress of the court you know there's <clears> a <throat> um show on hulu i think it's called like elizabeth or catherine catherine like catherine, oh. catherine the great and um, oh is that the one is that the one about russia they're in russia yes and i want to watch so, that one uh, it's really good, and I don't know if I'm going to spoil it, but, I mean, they have, like, official um, mistresses and stuff like that. Like, yeah. people who are specifically just for them to f- have Bone sex with. with and be attracted to. And then they also yeah. have, and, like, everyone's okay with it. <laughs> yeah, everyone was okay <laughs> they, with like, it. They, like, help take be- them out. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because it was understood that marriage was, like, a, this transactional thing, and love was was for sex and excitement. So, love and marriage were not hand in hand back in the day. Fidelity was not an important practice, and everyone like, was like it like, wasn't yeah. bad. Yeah, no, everyone accepted like it, it. It was common. Yeah, and no, yeah, it was common, and everyone everyone was like, was like, yeah, why is do that it. bad? Do it with that person, so I don't have to do it with you. <laughs> yeah, but they, right. but they also had to like bear children, though. Like they also had to like occasionally do it to have children. Right. I wonder if there was like a medieval Viagra that they had to use or something. Like the like a or they just had a fluffer. They had yeah, fluffer. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the other job of the official mistress. Yeah, to be also the official fluffer. Yeah, <laughs> to, so yeah. that way they can impregnate the other. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, a fluffer. <laughs> A fluffer is someone in the pornographic industry who prepares the male subject for on-camera copulation. Mm-hmm. Did I word that professionally enough? Yeah, that was very educational. Thank you. But Thank is you. it, was it, it, I don't know if you know, but is it common for the <clears throat> women to also have their suitor, like their, um... No, they're not mistresses. They're an an official mistress, or a, a, fl- a fluffette. Uh, official. What? 
What? You say forfeit. So so men have their mistresses, but do the women also have their um, men mistress? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Their misters, yeah. I feel like that has to be only fair. (laughs) But I mean, I guess nothing's ever fair for a woman back then. So I I don't really have high hopes for that existing. (laughs) I was literally wondering the same thing. I was like, I hope the women had the same thing. Otherwise, that would be pretty fucked up. But like... When in history have women really not been fucked over? <laughs> <sighs> not by their misters, that's right. That's for sure. <clears throat> so, at the time of Shakespeare, love was, you know, obviously seen mostly as as a transaction, obviously, you know, like we talked about, but Shakespeare obviously um, makes love a very recurrent theme in a lot of his work. And... I'm, I'm reading that it's very remarkable for his time because he kind of mixes courtly love and unrequited love, passionate love, and and sexual love. So um, it's definitely an interesting, an interesting, um, it's definitely an interesting kind of anachronism for that time. <clears throat> so obviously you got okay. What does that word mean? It means like it's not, it doesn't belong in that time. Okay, thank you. Sorry. (laughs) Um, But obviously he mixes like, obviously like it's super dramatic because you got Romeo and Juliet who, Romeo and Juliet who literally kill each other because they can't live without each other. That's probably not healthy, right? Um... No, but I mean, you remember when you were 13, you were in love. <laughs> yeah, I didn't slip my wrist when I when I broke it off. It was a whole problematic thing, but it's okay. <laughs> so, it's like so one of the themes is like the fickle, the fickle the fickle love of transaction collapses in the face of romantic love, but but also like is this super passionate and heady love immature? Right? That's the question. So you also have Shakespeare's play, As You Like It, in which um, Rosalind and Orlando quickly fall in love and, uh, you know, they're, they're reading poetry to each other and everything. Can I just say, if a guy was courting me these days and, and he came up and just started reading me poetry... I don't feel like I'm serious enough to not laugh. Is that bad? No, because it's the most dramatic fucking thing. (laughs) And we've evolved past that. (laughs) Because we know that that... Because now we know that if we want to be in a relationship, that's going to... You know, that that shit isn't going to sustain it forever, right? (laughs) So in, in Shakespeare's play, As You Like It, you see, you see, like the transactional love being, being reserved mostly for the higher class, you know, the the nobles, and you see. Uh, you see this like, sexual body, sexual love as, um, more of like a lower class thing. Something, something that that is more obtainable in the lower class community, right? And dowries. And dowries, yeah. If if you don't know what a dowry is. It's basically, it was basically, um, what is the, what does the groom get from the bride's family? It's yeah, like a it's monetary comp. paying for, it's the bride's family paying the groom, um, mainly to help, um, support the bride, to pay for them to support each other, or to, I mean, pay him to support her, kind of. Like what it takes to support her. I'm a little bit more. I learned my what dowries uh, really are from Bridgerton. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I feel like a dowry is more like marry my marry my daughter and I'll give you all this money, right? Take her off my hands and I'll give you a pig. Yeah, here, marry my daughter. We'll form this alliance and you also get all this money, Mm -hmm. which is pretty fucked up, in my opinion. You should pay me to take your man. Well, and you still have you still have like like that, um, you still have that archaic concept 
today when you hear about the idea that the bride's family is supposed to pay for the wedding, right? <gasps> oh. Which That's I think is complete poorly. bullshit. I can tell you right now, my family's not paying for my wedding. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm never, I'm not, I'm not going to sit back and make my, make my bride's family pay for the wedding. That's so stupid. What if they're like billionaires? And they insisted well, on I it. Well, I mean, I wouldn't they're fight well them off. too hard. I wouldn't fight them too hard on it, but. <laughs> no, please, stop. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> all right, if, I will bless you by, I will allow you to. Yeah, I'll bless you by allowing you to pay for the wedding. Uh, just so hope you know, I hate this. <laughs> I hate this. Darn. Stop, please. Uh. So you got Shakespeare who's talking about the differences in these romance, the romance between the higher class and the upper and the lower class. You know, it's the the expectations are different. And then in 1761, which is over a hundred years. Um, like 150 years after Shakespeare died, you have this romantic uh, novel uh, called Julie, or Julie, I can't remember. I don't know if it's French or not, but it um, tells the story of a highborn woman, a noble woman who falls in love with a man of a lower class. And that was like a pretty, pretty, pretty groundbreaking concept. And it was the first major statement that a relationship should be based on feeling, like all relationships. Um, but it didn't really do anything to change the status quo at the time. So it was kind of like the spark that started the, the landslide or whatever. Kept, that didn't make any people, sense. But yeah. Started people, made people start thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So then in 1813, the famous Jane Austen publishes the even more famous Pride and Prejudice. Can I say I had no idea it was that old? Because I'm like, uneducated, clearly. <laughs> really? How old did I you had think no it was? idea. I, I don't know. Honestly, I, I felt like it was like early 1900, 19 or 1800. Was it whatever? Like 19. So I don't know. Let me just. I'm just gonna confirm that. 1813 <clears throat> is the 19. No, how does that work? 1813 is the 19th century. 19th century. Yeah. So yeah, it was published on January 28th, 1813. <clears throat> and that oh, that book further uh, establishes that people shouldn't marry for money, but for love. Or not only for money, but for all love. So if you love a wealthy man, you're on top. If you love a wealthy man, yeah, you you really lucked out. You got the best the, the best of both worlds there. <clears throat> but um, but it's interesting because it says people should not only marry for money but also for love, but not only love. So Jane Austen illuminates the downfalls of hasty unions. So if, if you remember, um, you remember in the um, well in the movie. I've never read the book. I'm just gonna put that out there. But in the, um, the movie, I'm gonna put that I haven't seen the movie or read the book because I'm uneducated. You need to see the movie; it's so good. I need. To, I know. I keep seeing like clips of it, and I was like, I really need to watch that, and I never do. Yeah. But yeah, it's real good. It's real good. <clears throat> um, so the um, her, her the sister of the main character like meets this. Um, meets this soldier and he turns out and, and they like, and back then it was like the women and the soldiers were like, Oh, they meeting a soldier was like a big deal. <clears throat> and so the little sister runs off with the soldier and it's like this big deal. And it's, you know, this hasty, this hasty marriage. And, and it's like, just let's look down. It's looked very, very like cautiously. It's looked down very cautiously. So, Jane Austen is actually, you could say Jane Austen is the first perpetuator of, like, boundaries. Right? Boundaries? <clears throat> yeah, like, like, yeah, like, you could be interested in a person, but don't run off right away, you know? Oh. Like, have some boundaries. take a have little some boundaries. time. Take a little time, you know? Gotcha, um, gotcha. <clears throat> yeah, so, so, so Jane Austen is, is saying, like, Look, you shouldn't marry. You shouldn't get married only on love or only on, because of money. 
Like there has to be there has to be some practicality to it. So um, love is something that needs to be learned. And and Jane Austen really perpetuates the idea that self improvement is good for you and your partner in a marriage, you know, like you, you were working together. Yeah, it seemed pretty way, pretty ahead of her time. So it's a, it's an interesting concept that hadn't really been explored a lot before that. Uh, So in 1855, uh, there was a major Italian novel that was published and it asserts that relationships based on feeling are happier than those guided by reason. So the ones based on love are happier than those where you just marry someone because you want your countries to be at peace or whatever, you know? Makes a lot yeah, of sense, so right? Yeah, so it's like make yourself happy or the whole country happy. <clears throat> Obviously pick yourself. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could be, <laughs> yeah, always pick yourself. So you could be, you know, you could, you could put your country or your, you know, whatever over the, over your, yourself or your, over your happiness, but... Obviously, you're not going to be as happy as someone who's in love with their soulmate or whatever. Um, oh, what's interesting in this? What's interesting in this novel is that for the first time, a character who pushes reason over feeling is seen as old-fashioned. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So for the first time, it's like, wait, you're marrying that person just because you want their land or whatever you want, you know. Oh, that's so old-fashioned. So that's kind of cool. Um, and when, few, when was this? This that was eighteen fifty-five. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so things are starting to things are going. starting to change. Yeah, we're going. We're off. We're off on the races. Um, a few years later, um, you had a very major, a very major work in all of history. Not necessarily about relationships, but it was Darwin's Origin of the Species. And that asserted that um, is that a book? humans, a... yeah, Charles Darwin, you know the the famous okay, yeah. evolution, mm-hmm. the, who who developed the theory of evolution. Yeah, I'm pretty dumb, his... but I, I know who he is. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Um, you're not dumb. <laughs> you're not dumb, Morgan. Come on. I'm not anyway. stupid, but I am dumb. <clears throat> oh what? So anyway, The Origin of the Species is a book that Darwin publishes that pretty much um, pushes, you know, pretty much um, introduces the idea of evolution for the first time, right? That, that humans are descended from primates and that our behaviors are based in evolution, including, including relational behaviors, right? You know, we, we fall in love with... with uh, love or sorry love is a symptom of of sexual of um you know sexual desire because you know that's what that is what is going to perpetuate the species right and all religion hated him all religion hated him for sure so without meaning to darwin implies that humans may not be naturally monogamous but opportunistic lovers and they choose mates based on breeding potential right Big boobs, big hips, big butt. That means that means you're going to be able to, to spawn a bear lot of children. children. Yeah. You're going to be able to bear a lot of children, and they're going to be healthy, and they're going to bear their own children, and your line is going to continue, right? So that was kind of a, that was kind of a big deal um, uh, there that, that uh, changed a lot of ideas on, that changed a lot of ideas about what, uh, what love is, Right. Yeah, yes, that was, that was actually very interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. So that, you know, that, that, that starts to change a lot of things. That, that starts to make people think about what love means. Um, but then going back to the more, going back to the more like fictional mainstream media, the mainstream like pop, you know, popular media, um, in 1892, we're getting close to the 1900s here. You had a comedic play um that was that was uh that was written in london called charlie's aunt charlie's aunt and aunt aunt aunt, i don't know you tell if it's in london whoever whoever charlie's aunt yeah that sounds right 
comedic play in London, Charlie's Aunt. <laughs> so this, this play turns dating on its head by asserting that <clears throat> the old practice of, of having a chaperone for like a lunch date, like, you know, because before then, if, if two young people had went on a date, they kind of had to have a chaperone. That was kind of what like Bridgerton. Is that I'm what relating this all back to Bridgerton. I just finished the second season. See, you've done more research than you thought. I know, we really have. You didn't even know it. <laughs> but that does so, like suck. It would suck. Yeah, right. You don't want your you don't want your parent there with you. Or it doesn't even have to be a parent. Funny. It could be like I feel like it could be like an older sibling or maybe. I don't know. But either way, but you're th- having someone there watching you. Yeah, but this this play, Charlie's Aunt. Um, asserts that that having a chaperone is kind of an outdated and old-fashioned thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and then you have, and then you start to have more, more, um, more uh, popular media, more, more things that are that are relating dating and sex. You know, which is a taboo thing. You know, if you're dating, you're probably having sex, which is, which is new and versus and not having sex until after you're married. Right, exactly, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, you got that in the early 1900s. And then finally, this is the big one. In 1960, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved the first contraceptive pill. making That's sex... a big time jump. That's a big time jump. I... <clears throat> yeah, so for a long time, you, you couldn't have sex because, you know, you would get you pregnant. You get pregnant. But, yeah, so, but after 1960, that all changed. And so you could have... You could you could take a pill and have sex and not get pregnant. That was like a mind blowing thing. Um, <clears throat> that was. I feel like that. That's not that long ago. It was not that long ago. It was eight, was it that was, eighty uh, years ago? Eighty years ago. Sixty like years ago. No. Yes. Yeah. Math. We're good. Yeah, math, math. Okay. Um, I feel like I'm just sounding like the most idiotic person on this episode. <laughs> Can't do math. Don't know what words mean. I, uh, I can. I need I'll to be, go I'll, back to school to get an education. Uh, <laughs> well, do you need all this for for baking? Yes, I need are math you, for baking. It's a science. Are you a fucking good baker, though? Sometimes. Yes. Yes, you are. I can do fractions really well. <laughs> Give me a fraction, I, can't, I can do it. <laughs> I can't bake like you. I can do fractions really well. What, like three-fourths of a cup, a third of a cup, that kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I can do my conversions. <laughs> exactly, yeah. See? You know what you need to know to be successful, so hush your mouth. <laughs> so, 1960, uh, the first contraceptive pill goes on the market 1965 the 1960s in general you have kind of the hippie movement free love movement um which sounds yeah sounds great and sounds you know but that kind of goes back to the days i'm just kind of relating this but it kind of goes back to the days of that um of that like fleeting romantic love that you don't really it's not really practical and doesn't really work but it's just you can just bone them and go on yeah but but what what made that all crash later is when the divorce rates started skyrocketing because people, um, people had these unmet expectations, you know, from, from, this, from, this, from this free love, you know. It wasn't, wasn't all roses and perfume so and people, rainbows. They, people fell in love fast and hard, kind of, and got yeah, married and they, because of it and realizing... Yeah. That there's a lot more to relationships and marriage than just yep. uh, a really hard, uh, what, what is it, fatuation? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot that require. They should have read Jane Austen. You know. Yeah. She said it. She, she, <laughs> maybe maybe take a take a year. <laughs> take a year. Yeah. Right. Is this person really this person you you that's gonna maybe be take the best two for you? I know some people that taken ten. That's a long time, but you know what? It whatever works for everyone else, right? <clears throat> whatever whatever works for you. But obviously, 
the hippie movement did did not do any favors for the for the divorce rate in this country. So, but I I also feel like divorce was so stigmatized against for a very long time that that also is why people did not get divorced. So I feel like if sure divorce had always been kind of more accepted, the, the divorce rate would have skyrocketed a, way before that. Maybe, yeah, maybe. But back back when that was stigmatized. You know, the relationship wasn't meant to be, you weren't meant to be happy, really, in a relationship. <laughs> so when the divorce rate started skyrocketing, people were citing unmet expectations. So when you go into the marriage knowing you're going to be miserable, you have the low oh. expectations already. So you're like, well, this is what I signed up for. Okay, I get you. I'm going to go see my official mistress. <laughs> um, my official floor. <clears throat> Yeah, my official fluffer. There's a lot of F's in there. Mm-hmm. So then it starts to get interesting. In the late 90s, you start to get speed dating. Speed dating was invented in Los Angeles, apparently. Um, LA, baby. Woo! Um, further liberating the formalities of dating. So. You know, you're you're throwing away these these old ideas of dating, and you, you know, you start meeting more people. Um, so when you, you speak, remember, so when you say speed dating, do you mean the actual concept of like, you know, you all go into a room and you sit down at a table and you've got five minutes, and then you get up and switch chairs and you've got five <clears> minutes, or do you mean speed dating as in just dating a lot of people? <laughs> I think that I think it's the first one. I think it's like you go you go with the intention of meeting someone. Okay. <clears throat> you know, you 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 go to a location with the intention of meeting someone. You could think of it as probably the precursor to dating apps, right? And mm-hmm. do you remember Which the, is what I'm going to get into. Right. And I won't I won't go on the, into this a lot, but um, right around that time is also when the movie You've Got Mail comes out, which is the first major cultural appropriation of online dating. So, what do you mean by that? Can you elaborate on that? So, yeah. So, when you when a culture appropriates something, it just it basically means like it takes it and makes it normalized. So, speed dating, while while at the time may have been like this new and new and um, fancy way to date, this new uh, revolutionary way to do things that that a lot of people thought might have been too aggressive or you know like you know, the older generations probably thought like what is, this is ridiculous you know this movie comes out which basically says like no this isn't this is a normal thing and and this is what people are doing you know it's mm-hmm. not a big so deal it normal, so in other words it normalized it okay yeah that's probably a really long-winded way of saying that <laughs> so i just wanted to make then, sure i understood what you were saying <clears throat> no yeah absolutely so that's um, that's kind of where where I leave things off, and I'll and I think I'll let you I'll let you take over in the next episode for that, for yeah, to go and, into like more modern dating, one, right? Yeah, we're gonna get into modern dating. We're gonna get into online dating, because you know I'm an expert at it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get into all hot and how it started, and kind of just our opinions or my opinion, whatever, on what the dating culture is like now. Um, yeah. From... It's, a, it's, it's wild out there. And and when we're going over the history of dating, you know, we're not going, we're currently not going over different religions, different um, yeah. countries, different, you know, different stuff like that. We're, we're mainly sticking to america like american maybe some european yeah like westernized yeah westernized culture dating yeah yeah this should not be this should not and there's yeah this is such a multifaceted and and complex topic that we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg here so exactly and if you know if we went on to every single different way of the history of dating we'd be here for years yeah and by the way, if, if I said or if Morgan says anything that is not correct or accurate. Correct. Let, I mean, I always accept being know. corrected. Yeah, I would rather be corrected than than put out information that is incorrect. So mm-hmm. if you hear anything that is false, give us a slap on the wrist. 
And you can do that yeah. by emailing wtdpodcast at gmail.com. Plug, 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 plug. Plug, plug, plug. And send stories. Um, now would be a good time to send in some stuff about weird dating history or if you've got a fun yeah. story of how your parents met, how your grandparents met, how your great-grandparents were arranged and then they actually fell in love, but then they had 16 kids, you know, whatever, send it mm-hmm. to us. <laughs> well, you know what's crazy in that vein, you know, you hear people talk about these arranged marriages and I don't know, like 50 years later, it it sure seems like there's some kind of love that's grown, you know? I, I definitely believe that you can grow into a love. I know that it has happened in several marriages and, and stuff like that. And and I mean, it's still a, a practice that happens in, in parts of the world today. And, you know, not everyone has can hate everyone. I feel like you can... You, you could become friends and then become best friends and maybe just actually fall in love eventually down on. And I don't think yeah. that's a not a possibility at all. Yeah. Well, maybe some you know, people when, who are putting people together know what they're doing. I think you might be right. You know, I think, well, you have the, you know, like the art of the matchmaker, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We can get into other cultures another time. I think you're and right. The, I think and you we might, that's something that we can look for into bringing someone else on to that's more uh, of an expert in that yeah. maybe has yeah. more insight than we do because we yeah. as you know white people who white grew people. up in America <laughs> <laughs> who grew up you know in a very privileged yeah. America of ourselves we yeah. aren't you know we want to make sure that we're not putting out misinformation because you know yeah we're an old, we're only an expert on our own on our own experience. Mm, 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 mm. Oh boy, Morgan's dancing. Mm, 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 oh boy, mm, 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 she's doing it again. I'm so hyped up on sugar. <laughs> From what grapes? No, I had this boba and it's a brown sugar boba and it's literally just like drinking caramel. <laughs> Ew, gross. And you're sucking up those tapioca balls, too. Gross. Mm-hmm. It's freaking delicious. No way. Um, one of those things would go in my lungs, for sure. Oh, I did Okay. That. The, I ordered... I one time got boba, and I got... There's these things called mini bobas. And I got them because it sounded cute. And I drank them, and they're so small, they all shot up into my throat and just all went down my throat. And I was like... <laughs> And I was like, I hate this, I hate this. I did not consent to this. <laughs> Man, the the Ecuadorian the Ecuadorian women really like me down here, I'm not gonna lie. Really? Tell me yeah. more. Uh, well, I was um, I was snorkeling uh, last week, and we were on the, this beach, and there was this. We were on like a boat, you know, with like fifteen people on it. There's like a like a an adventure cruise thing, you know. They mm-hmm. take us like out to excursion. this island. Yeah, yeah, an excursion. And see, you know words. <laughs> I've been to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> You've been on an excursion to Hawaii. Yeah. So um, I, on this boat, there was this group of six of six young young girls, young women, uh, Ecuadorian, and I could tell from right away when we were on the dock, and they were all just like, you know, you know, to each other, and we get on the How boat. How big is your head right now? <laughs> I didn't ask for this. I just, this what happened. I'm just telling the story. God. So we, so we get on the island and we're on the beach and I'm walking around and they're all together and they, they look over at me and they're like, come, hey, come here, amigo, come here. And I thought, and they're like, photo. And I was like, okay, I'll take a, I'll, you know, you want me to take a photo of you? They're like, okay, here's your photo, fo- you know, snap, here's your photo. Oh, you look great. They're like, okay, take a selfie with us. And so it's, I literally have this photo of me and six young Ecuadorian women just... Can you send it yeah. to me? I'm really... I, like... uh, yeah. 
I didn't I didn't ask for that. I didn't it was all them, I swear. That's really funny. And they were just like but what's interesting too is they're very forward. Very forward. Really? They're like, Do you have a wife? Do you have a girlfriend? Do you have kids? I'm like Oh my god. Whoa. And they're like, what's your Instagram? We, oh my one that... gosh, there's literally like six girls just around you and they all look so excited. I know, I know. That is so funny. It was, they're it all was in a... the sand and like, oh my gosh. It was a trip. It was a trip, I'm telling you. That's so fun. That's really yeah. funny. They're all so cute. They're, they're very attractive, yeah. They're very attractive. Two of them were definitely underage, so I was like, okay, stay away from me. Oh, but... maybe step away from that yeah, <laughs> situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but the other ones, yeah, they, they really took a shine a shining to me. Especially I think the bald head also also was a pretty uh Ooh, like, was a pretty novel thing for them. Yeah. Who's this bald man? Yeah. Who's this bald gringo? <laughs> so but yeah, they were very forward. They were very forward people. But let me tell you, though, this, there's some beautiful Ecuadorian women down here, I must say. And you're going to come back 90-day fiancé style? New. New. Well, if you are, I want to be the... You need to tell the podcast first. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the main theme. Real this quick. This is the theme of the podcast. What? There is a show on Netflix called The Ultimatum. That I would love to go over at some point in this podcast because it is ridiculous. Is it like a the basic concept is that couples? So you have a couple, and one of them gives an ultimatum: break up or get married. And they all go and they date other people for three weeks. They go live with someone else for three weeks to see if their other person is like the person they want to marry. Are you So basically serious? it's like they get a free pass to like cheat for three weeks. Uh, but they're all in the same hotel and they're all in the same space as each other. So they'll run so into there's... their partner. Uh. And all of them are under 30. And have been dating for less than two years. And they're wow. having an ultimatum. So I think that's a lot to unpack. I think that's... I think that can be so... I, I mean... All these couples look like they're starving for attention too. not going to lie. Yeah, so... I think we should watch that and talk about it. Okay, yeah. All right. <laughs> what? I just uh, just the concept of the show gets me gets me heated. It's so yeah. I just but like, are we? But are we against it because we're not sure what our own partner would do in that situation? Or like, would be um, we would we be nervous or jealous of seeing our partner with another person, thinking, are they having a good time? Uh, I'm against it because you're 20, you know, 23, 24, been dating for a year and a half, and you're forcing your partner to break up or get married. God, you're absolutely right. <laughs> <clears throat> these, yeah, and these then you're like, 24 year olds. Hmm? Your brain's not even fully developed at that time. I'm 26, and I'm like, marriage seems eventual. <clears throat> Right, yeah. And I'm 33 and I'm like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> so God. I just, that's why I'm against it. And then the fact yeah. that like you just basically, you want this person so much that you're willing to say you'll either marry them or break up with them. That means like, and, and then you're like, I'm willing to go fuck this person for three weeks. To this other person for three weeks so that way I can marry my person. <laughs> like, <sighs> I just, just the, the concept title, is just too much. Just the title, The Ultimatum. I don't think ultimatums have any business in a relationship unless it's like, unless it's like, stop seeing this mistress or we, we're getting, we're breaking up or whatever. 
I don't think then you got a lot more to unpack there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If that's the case, then yeah, I don't think yeah, ultimatums I think are just a terrible idea in a relationship. But so I don't know if well, that ruined your your whatever when we leave. Now make it work. <clears throat> but that was a great episode. I mean, are we done? I think we got a lot in. I think, I think that was we're a lot done. of content. Yeah, I think we probably have enough for at least like a 40-minute episode or something. Yeah, I agree. Cool, just get to the can. I will. I think I'm going to go I think I'm going to go chill in some hot springs now. Oh, sounds so Remember, guys, email us, wtdpodcast at gmail.com. Instagram has nothing on it, but you're more than welcome to follow it, <laughs> wtdpodcast. <laughs> same with Twitter, same concept, nothing there, but feel free to follow it. <laughs> We're just waiting until we can hire a social media manager, right? Right? Yeah, right? exactly. Right, Morgan? Uh-huh. Yep. Right, Morgan? Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> If anyone wants to volunteer your time. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I have a job now, okay? <laughs> yeah, we have jobs. We don't have time. We have jobs and we're doing a podcast, okay? Come on. You think we yeah. have time for social media? You're ridiculous. I don't even have time for my own social media. Exactly. I've posted like three times in the past year. <laughs> yeah, I think I posted. I think that that post of my bungee jumping today was the first post I've posted since. God, I don't even know when. Yeah, so follow us, email us. The most important is the email. I want stories. We have one sitting waiting for us, waiting for friends so we can make a full coffee date episode with stories. It's just sitting there waiting. All right, everyone. It was good talking. Remember, make sure your boba has consent. Yep, keep it respectful, consensual, and boba, mini boba free. For your own safety. That's all I gotta say. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, bye! Thanks for listening to We Used to Date, featuring our creator Morgan and her ex, Daniel. We plan on putting out a lot more of these, and we'd love your feedback. You can email us at wutdpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Ba-da-ba-da-ba.